I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. They, they just can't keep knowledge, you know? They're, they're to total masters of deception. They manipulate everything. You know, these, these pricks at the helm have lied to us. It's... I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. They're, they're setting it up for the Great Deception. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it all revolves around the Great Deception. Yeah, right? it, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the Great Deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely. I never used to question before, and now I question everything. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to fall it in. And welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Well, we're back after a nice little Christmas week hiatus. Uh, got to spend some time with my family. Got to just relax and really enjoy myself over the week, which was, you know, much needed, especially this time of year going through all the stuff that we go through. Uh, it was nice to take a break. But at the same time, I can't take too long of a break because I get stir crazy and I need something to do. So, uh, well, one of the things I'm really excited about and, and two out of the three volumes just came today. And this is the ultra massive photographic adventure of the world's fair of 1893. And like I said, this is one volume of three that I just got in the mail right before I started recording this. And uh, we're going to take a look at those because you guys know I love 1893 Chicago World Fair. And hopefully there's some new pictures in there that I haven't seen and we can talk about them and I'll do a little research on them. So we will uh, we'll have a little walkthrough on that book. But before we get there, we have to go through everything else. And uh, guys, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash the great deception podcast. I have a bunch of different tiers out there um, for all the content. Uh, we have well over 60 old books out there now. I'm trying to get to 100 uh, as soon as possible for you guys. And uh, all the Monday Night Master Debater video episodes are there. That's the only place you're going to get those. Um, and then we also have our monthly patron call which is looking like it's going to be January 19th, if that's a Friday. Um, I think that's when that's going to be. So stay tuned for that. But uh, that's a great way to support the show. Um, also, if you can just leave a review, 
like, share, things like that goes a long way. Um, I know you hear it over and over again from people, but it does with the algorithms and stuff. The more likes, the more reviews, the more shares we get, the more people get to see it when they search for, you know, topics that we've covered and things like that. And that's how we get the word out. That's how we grow the show. And, you know, if that's the point of this, that's what I'm here to do. So we're going to have a, a little, I love it because people say, oh, this is so controversial. It's not at all. It's just that people want to make it out to be controversial. So, and and what we're talking about is what, actually, let's let's start here. This is what spawned the whole thing. And I, I, want, to, I want you guys to hear this because it's our good friend, Mr. Ramaswamy, who, guys, again, take all these people with a grain of salt when you are dealing with them. Because even though he says a lot of good things, he does say a lot of dumb shit, too. So don't hop on these bandwagons blindly because you will be disappointed in the end. But... Listen to this because he does make a good point here. Involvement in 9-11, that the great replacement theory is not some grand right-wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform, that the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech, that the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the National Security <laughs> Establishment. Okay, that actually put Okay. So he, you heard him mention there the great replacement theory. And that may be new to some people because I, I've heard it before. And, and you know, now whenever they call something a right-wing conspiracy theory, I, I dig in even more because that's a sure way for them to say, okay, this is, again, remember they love to gaslight. They love their doublespeak. And if they have a chance to be able to do something and then blame someone else for it, I think we've seen that a few times, right? We saw that with a certain medical procedure they wanted everybody to get. And, you know, we see it in, in so many different areas where they have just gaslit the shit out of us and double spoke the whole time. So let's look at the... and and. Again, this is Wikipedia, but I like to go to the base to see where the mainstream theory is on this. Okay, so the Great Replacement, also known as Replacement Theory or the Great Replacement Theory, is a white nationalist, far-right conspiracy theory espoused by French author Renaud Camus. The original theory states, with complicity or co uh, cooperation of replacist elites, the ethnic French and white European populations at large are being demographically and culturally replaced by non-white peoples, especially from Muslim-majority countries, through mass migration, demographic growth, and a drop in the birth rate of white Europeans. Since then, similar claims have been advanced in other national contexts, notably the United States. Mainstream scholars have dismissed these claims as rooted in a misunderstanding of demographic statistics and premised upon an unscientific racist worldview. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, the Great Replacement Theory uh, uh, has been widely ridiculed for its blatant absurdity. 
Okay, now let's look at this. So mainstream scholars have dismissed these claims as rooted in misunderstanding of demographic statistics. Okay, demographic statistics would say on a normal year, we get X amount of migrants, immigrants, legally. And I'm sure there's X amount that are accounted for that will get in here illegally. That's that's normal. Now, when we're looking at what's going on today and you are seeing massive caravans, you are seeing an influx from countries all over the world. You're seeing Chinese, you're seeing African, you're seeing Muslim, you're seeing South American, you're seeing a melting pot or a worldwide migration through the United States border that is unnatural. Okay. And it says it is premised upon unscientific. Now, first of all, we all know about their science, right? Easily bought and paid for. You can never trust science with these people. And racist worldview. As soon as they start labeling something racist, it's a very easy scapegoat. Because racism is a, a social construct that they've created just as a tool for division among us. It, it, it's nonsense. There is no black. There is no white. There is no, you know, <laughs> we are people. Okay. And it's as simple as that. I, I just, I'm not going to get into that whole argument. But anyway, it says the conspiracy found in Europe and has also grown among anti-migrant and white nationalist movements from other parts of the West. Many of their adherent uh, maintain that the immigrants are flocking to predominantly white countries for the precise purpose of rendering the white population a minority within their own land or even causing the extinction of the native population. It aligns with the larger white genocide conspiracy theory, except that the strategic replacement of anti-Semitic canards with Islamophobia. Okay, so again, here we go. This gaslighting of nonstop, uh, just nonsense with the, the racism and racism, racism. So now... After hearing this, okay, and after hearing Vivek's speech, what I want to share with you next is one of the funniest uh, responses that we've had an opportunity to see. And, and this guy is a total clown. We're talking about Van Jones, okay? Van Jones is a puppet if I ever did see one. So let's listen to his response to Vivek, and we're going to break this down. Very dangerous because he won't stop Trump, but he's going to outlive Trump by about 50 years. And you're watching the rise of an American demagogue that is a very, very despicable person. Yeah. And I, I'm, I literally, I, I, was, I was shaking listening to him talk because a lot of people don't know that is one step away from Nazi propaganda coming out of his mouth. Okay. Nazi propaganda, right? And he was shaking. He was so angry, right? They always have to invoke emotion into it because it's bullshit. It's bullshit. They know this is what's taking place. Now, is it a, a intentional against white people? I don't think so. I think it's 
that's one of the side effects, right? In order for this to happen, you're not going to bring in a mass migration of Europeans right now. There's not a mass. The Europeans aren't. Where are these people coming from? They're coming from the war zones that we, our CIA, the United States CIA and the United States government created, right? From the drug cartels that the CIA supports. Uh, I, I mean, come on. This is this is nothing new. So listen to him talk about Nazi rhetoric and, and calling him a demagogue. Right? They always have to invoke this, this fascist idea. But what they're doing is part of their plan. Okay, so now let's listen. Keep listening. No ethnic majority group in 10,000 years of human history that I could find ever went from being a majority to being a minority and liked it. And that's basically the request from the racial justice left. Okay. Did you hear what he just said? The, basically, the request from the racial justice left is that they want the majority, which is right now people of less melanin, to others. And they want them to accept it and take it. Well, that's the same thing as replacement. They're just saying it in a different way. He's, he's telling you right here, this is what they want. They want to bring in a mass of what are now minority groups in America to increase them to the point where they are now the majority. That's replacement theory. And that's what's taking place. And he's admitting it right here. This is their plan. Listen again. No ethnic majority group in 10,000 years of human history that I could find ever went from being a majority to being a minority and liked it. And that's basically the request from the racial justice left, is that we want the white majority to go from being a majority to being a minority and like it. Go from the white majority to go from, uh, to go from majority to a minority and like it. He just said it right there. This is my problem with it. It's like to call it a right wing conspiracy theory when in America, that's the plan that's underway right now by the racial justice left, he likes to call them. Okay. Well, I, I just prefer to call it by the parasite class. This is their plan they're enacting right now. And, and we'll see why in a second. But this is what he, he just said it being a majority to being a minority and like it. Yeah, okay. So I guess that's it. We'll stop sharing there. But that's what he said. That's that's what they're doing. So what are we what are we arguing about here? It's not a conspiracy theory. Now, what I want to look at is what are some of the things that are happening because of this? And, and we can dig deeper into the, the whole white replacement theory. I just, you know, I, and I've looked at some articles and we'll look at some things that they're saying. Um, but I just think 
it's such a funny thing that when as soon as they realize they're caught it now becomes racist it now becomes you know right wing and that's what set off the alarm with me when i started looking at this because i'm like oh okay yeah this makes sense and of course they tied it what did they do they tied it with the uh manifesto of the buffalo shooter in buffalo new york uh that shot up the grocery store and attacked only black patrons they attributed it to some manifesto from virginia um you know uh from uh, the virginia when the guy ran over uh people with his car and that whole nonsense that went on down there and they're always quick to attribute this stuff and and of course you're going to have these fringe idiots and they're on both sides that are preaching these ultra insane ideologies yes but at the heart of it what they're talking about and what we described as replacement theory is exactly what's taking place right now and we see it on a daily basis i mean look at the what major city what major blue city in america right now is not struggling severely new york Chicago, San Francisco, to name a few, are absolutely upside down. Overwhelmed by immigrants after being safe cities, safe havens, or whatever they call them. That did, that backfired because that plan doesn't work. Guys, listen, there's a, there's a way to do immigration and there's a way not. There's a reason why one of the main focuses of the 2016 administration was to close the borders was to deal with this in a legal manner and not just have an open sieve that allows anyone and everyone to come in here and 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 allow coordinated organized groups to come in here okay so so let's look at that we want to look at uh Good old Mayor Adams. What did what did he say the other day? Well, he is again backpedaling hardcore because he messed up. He's basically bankrupting New York City right now with all this stuff. His whole safe haven, sanctuary city nonsense backfired, and uh, and let's listen to what he has to say now in uh, the erosion of the quality of life that we've improved on in such a short period of time of this administration and we have been impacted uh, for for many uh, months we were able to keep the visualization of this crisis from hitting our streets but we have reached a breaking point we're no longer able to do that because of the volume and numbers just last week we had 3,900 people that arrived here. We are averaging anywhere from 2,500 to close to 4,000 a week. And if you do the math, you see that's 8,000 every two weeks, potentially 16,000 a month that we must feed, clothe, house, educate children, and all the services that you would give a normal adult. And we're seeing that play out on our streets of New York. And that is what the breaking point looks like, what we are experiencing right now. The breaking point. That's what they're experiencing right now is the breaking point. The proverbial fuck around and find out, right? I mean, that's what these cities are finding out. Chicago mayor is in the same thing. 
He's saying that social services are just going to fail eventually. And that's what this does. This puts such a strain on the system. So now the government has to clothe, house, feed, and find jobs for these people. Otherwise, they subsidize them. Right? And we're talking thousands. I mean, we're talking caravans of tens of thousands. And and let's talk about that right now. Because these caravans that are coming in, if you think these are organic, desperate people fleeing their homeland without their minds being full of propaganda and pockets being tickled a little bit with some cash, with some maybe checkpoints provided along the way. I mean, look at these these groups, guys. They don't make sense. There's some caravans that are just men. Just men. If they're, they're escaping such bad conditions, they're going to leave the women and kids behind and they're just going to escape. We're talking tens of thousands of men, single men, all by themselves. Doesn't make any sense. Thousands of children without any adults. Doesn't make any sense. Tens of thousands marching together, supposedly thousands of miles, ill-prepared to make that trek. But somehow they're making it. There's got to be someone supporting it. Now, I wish I had some more information as to who and why we can poke a little at the why I I, I'm not going to poke at the who right now, but I would look at the same people that started the color revolutions. I would look at the same people on the world economic forums to, you know, hot to trot list. I would look at a certain um, Soros of George. He might be someone you might want to look at. He has some uh, some money invested in in destabilizing this country. And guys, it's not organic. It's organized, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The shit that's happening right now is intentional. And, you know, we've been just basically told... You know, eat it. It is what it is. And to say that this isn't something, you know, that has really, uh, I don't know how to say it, but it, it just, it's so in your face and so intentional. And here, and here we'll, we'll listen to these people on, on news clips over and over again talk about what we're saying right here okay let's listen in years we're going to be a majority brown country white people will not be the majority in the country anymore this will be the first generation ever in american history uh, in which whites will be a minority of the generation at some point as of 2007 every year babies being born in this country whites now are the minority in 2044 
uh, everyone is going to be a minority. As the demographics change, as white people become the minority in the country, which is coming. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny, right? The country is changing. I've been saying it here. Other people have been saying it here for years now, even before Donald Trump. The demographics is destiny. The white population is declining for the first time in history in America, while the number of multiracial Americans have more than doubled. So we live in a country where the demographics are changing. It's becoming less white. Correct. Okay. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth. The growth in Texas has been almost entirely driven by non-white population growth, mostly by Hispanic and Latino population growth. The idea that, um, you know, whites will, will not be the majority, I mean, that's... It's an exciting transformation of the country. It's an exciting evolution uh, and, you know, progress of our country in many different ways. The white population is declining. It, it was always on the upswing. So that speaks to the beautiful diversity of America. It speaks to um, uh, how the, that population, will, the demographics, will weigh in politically. I believe anybody who echoes a replacement is to blame, not for this particular crime, but it's it's for no purpose, no purpose, except profit and or political benefit. And it's wrong. Oh, Joe, you sold it out again. Why are they doing this? It's for profit and political gain. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> it's right there. He just told you. This bumbling, stumbling moron just told you once again why this is happening. Now, there's two interesting things that you heard them mention in there. Demographics is destiny. Interesting. We'll look into that in a second. That that, But that sounds to me like a rephrasing of manifest destiny. Which, hmm, is how... The original parasites took over this country, right? It was manifest destiny. It was ours. God granted it to us. We just had to kill and slaughter everything and push whatever was here off of it first. And this is, you know, the original great replacement. That's what that was in the 1800s. That was the great replacement of the 1800s. We are seeing now the great replacement of the 2000s. It's cyclical, guys. And once we realize this now, where wasn't it cyclical in the past as much? Europe changed hands, but it had been predominantly the way it is for quite a long time. Now, the borders shifted. But the population and the ethnicity of these people had roots in the area. It wasn't until we started seeing these, you know, organized efforts to push people to America and then the world wars subsequently thereafter that really started spreading the population all over the world. And then you get into the the terrorism side of things and 
you know, look at all the refugees that that created. Uh, I mean, that's just <laughs> talk about shooting yourself in the foot in a sense, right? You're going to create all these places where people want to leave. They're going to need a place to go. I mean, that's why when you let Africa go to shambles and, you know, the people, they're going to want to leave and they're leaving. And some of it, it seems like it's organized though. They're pushing them. You see the problems they're having in France. You see what's going on in some of these other countries that have been uh, of a certain ethnic ethnicity for hundreds of years. And now it's, it's meeting culture shock to some of these people. Now, when we're talking about this great replacement and, and what did they talk about? Demographics is destiny, but they also mentioned the white population is declining. And that is that is a fact. And that's part of the agenda too. And how did they do that? Well, they they attacked the nuclear family, first of all. Right? We got the moms in the workforce. And then once we got moms in the workforce, now we're taxing both sides of it. Now the children are in some sort of social services for the most part if both parents are working, whether it's daycare, school, after-school programs, before-school programs, some sort of program. They're out of the hands of the parents. And then you get to the point now where the inflation is so astronomical that people just don't have the money. And kids are expensive and people got to the point and and the, the funniest thing is is we're kind of at it like idiocracy right where they were they were talking about in that that the smart people stopped breeding because the time wasn't right they didn't think they were financially set and so they stopped whereas the people who didn't give a shit the lower IQ folks just multiplied and eventually they became the majority. And, you know, it's that upside down world. You flip things around and see how that goes. And that didn't work out so well. But what you're seeing is, is not only are we seeing that with, with the attack on the family, but the attack on the fertility rates. So we look at, at things like you know, we're seeing some of the lowest fertility rates ever. Now, what is what is causing that? Well, there was certainly a certain medical procedure that that undertook the last few years that has contributed significantly. You can look at the food. You can look at cell phones, people carrying them in their pocket. That is going to prove down the road that to reduce fertility, I think, significantly. That radiation the radiation waves that are out there, the food that we're eating, all the preservatives, a lot of the, um, uh, <laughs> there's astrazine and supposedly in the water. You know, Alex Jones was crazy for saying they're turning the frogs gay. Well, go look into that. But even here, this is an article from Fox from January 10, 2023. A lower percentage of women aged 15 to 44 uh, in 2015 to 2019 had ever had a biological child, which is 52% compared to the same numbers in 2011 to 2015, which was almost 55%. So 
in that five-year span, it shrunk by almost 3%. And it just, it, it keeps decreasing. Um, it says by 2019, the average female aged 15 to 49 had given birth to 1.3 children. The average male had fathered 0.9 kids. So it's it's finding that fertility rates are are dropping now, uh, or, or finding that birth rates are dropping now. Part of that is fertility issues. That's definite, and that's being proven from that experimental medical procedure. That is is a significant impact on the population. And like I mentioned before, the other pollutants, and this isn't by accident. They know what there is, the side effects of this stuff, and they continue to feed it to you anyway, whether it's the food, as long as they can profit off it, they don't care. So, you know, we looked at that. Now, what I want to look at is I want to take a look at what we just talked about there uh, a minute ago in this whole concept of... uh demographics is destiny and you heard them mention that over and over again and and you know what does that mean what are we talking about here well there's i found an article by uh marion jennings uh who's the president of marion jennings consulting inc and she, she says the quotation uh, demography is destiny is often attributed to 19th century philosopher Auguste Comte. While perhaps in some uh, ways simplistic and overstated, there is no question that the makeup of the population size, age, race, ethnicity, and gender, commonly referred to as demographics, impacts its health needs. Slowing the U.S. population, the 2030 turning point. The U.S. Census Bureau projects at a slowing rate of U.S. population growth with a turning point in 2030 when the net international migration is expected to overtake natural increases, the excess births minus deaths, as the, as the driver of the U.S. population growth. This change reflects a combination of relatively small growth in the number of women childbearing age, declining fertility rates, an increase in the number of deaths among baby boomers in older adulthood. Assuming uh, that today's migration levels continue, between now and 2030, the nation's population is expected to grow by approximately 2.3 million people per year. However, this rate is projected to fall an average of 1.8 million per year between 2030 and 2040. These figures are what the Census Bureau refers to as its main series projections. Populations, greater ethnic and racial diversity, in addition to projected changes in population growth and aging, the U.S. is projected to become a much more racially and ethnically pluralistic country. The only group projected to shrink over the coming decades is the non-Hispanic white population expected to decrease by approximately 10 million between 2020 and 2040. Despite this decline, non-Hispanic whites are projected to remain the single largest racial and ethnic group. It's only in 2045 that they will no longer be projected to make up the majority of the U.S. population. Okay. And so I found one more article. It says, our demographics destiny, maybe not. New Pew numbers suggest. 
Elliot, Philip Elliott from June of 2021. It said, it's becoming cliche in Washington for Democratic strategists to assert that demographics are destiny. What they mean is that the diversifying electorate and the shrinking role of white voters will render Republicans incapable of sustaining power much longer. After Barack Obama won in 2008, Democratic uh, legend James Carville even wrote a book predicting as much. 40 more years, it's called, How Democrats Will Rule the Next Generation. It remains a fantastic, if flawed, reading of America's trajectory. That's not to say those Democratic strategists and Auguste Comte, the French uh, academic who they're cribbing, are wrong in putting faith in demography as destiny. But bringing a more diverse group of Americans into the electorate faces new challenges each day, and what happens once they get there may not look like what the Democrats have long promised. Okay, and that's that's a very interesting point. But what you see here, that's that's the main goal of this. One of the main goals is they will diversify and they will render Republicans incapable of sustaining power much longer. That's the Game of Thrones version of it. Okay, that's that's what they're looking to do. And that's where they're looking to impact the voter demographic. Right? You also have the population demographic that it impacts. And what you're going to see there is you're going to see cheaper labor, right? These people are coming in, they'll work for less. Or, and I heard um, Robbie Bernstein on, on Dave Smith's podcast talking about this. And he said, one of the things that happens in a collapsing um, empire or, or government is that, you know, they run out of military people to support them. That will, you know, crack the proverbial whip for them. So what they'll do is they'll bring in migrants. They'll bring in people that have no, give no shits about American people and would have no problem inflicting what the government wants done to or on the people by these foreigners you know a lot of people always say that oh they're going to bring in the un the, the un stands no chance in our country <laughs> you know we have the largest uh civil militia in the world and it's just the u.s citizen who thanks to the second amendment is allowed to carry and you know protect ourselves and so the un doesn't stand a chance now the this goes back to what Yuri Bezmenov talked about. It's the whole infiltration over invasion. They're going to do this step by step, slowly. And we, we've seen it. For how many years are the recruiting numbers down in the army or in the you know military? Constantly down, down. We're not meeting enrollment numbers. They're changing the guidelines. You know, they're letting, you know, the, the fucking dog-headed general go out there and pup play on his Instagram account. Uh, I mean, they'll let anybody in the military right now. They don't give a shit. And pretty soon it's going to be these foreigners. Hey, you want it? You want 
You want a green card? Come serve for us for four years. Come be fodder for our machine. And, you know, if you make it through, it's kind of like Hunger Games. You know, you survive and fuck, here you go. Now you're a citizen. And then they go to the local police and abuse the shit out of Americans because they don't care. They're not American. Only by card. They don't really, they want, they just want to make money. And if daddy says do this, more than likely they're going to do it. So that's, that's a whole nother aspect of this that nobody looks at. Now, if you want to say that, you know, this is, this is nonsense. Well, you know, I found this document here from the UN itself. Okay. And this is from the UN Population Division, Department of Economic and Social Affairs. And it is a document titled Replacement Migration. And it's called, uh, and this is from March of 2000. And replacement migration, is it a solution to declining and aging populations? And so we get into this and what we're going to see here, I'm not going to go through the whole document, but I just wanted, I wanted you all to see what, what they're pushing here. And it says, the Population D Division of the Department of Economic and Social Affairs at the United Nations Secretariat is responsible for providing the international community with up-to-date and scientifically objective information on population and development. The Population Divisions provide guidance to the UN, UN General Assembly, Economic and Social Council, and the Commission on Population and Development on Population and Development Issues, and undertakes regular studies on population levels and trends, population estimates and project projections, po uh, population policies, and population and development interrelationships. Say that one 10 times fast. In particular, the population division is concerned with the following substantive areas. Uh, patterns of mortality, fertility, and international and internal migration, including levels and trends, their causes and consequences, and socioeconomic, geographic, and gender differentials. Spatial distribution of population between urban and rural areas among cities, estimates and projections of population size, age, and sex structure, spatial distribution and demographic indicators for all countries of the world, population and development policies at the national and international level, and the relationship between socioeconomic development and population change. So they look at it all, everything. The world work of population division is published in a variety of formats, including electronically in order to meet the needs of diverse audiences. These publications and materials are used by governments, national and international organizations, research institutions, and individuals engaged in social and economic planning, research, and training, and by the general public. Replacement migration, is it a solution to declining aging population, may also be accessed on the Population Division's worldwide web website at un.org. Okay, so if you really want to go check that out. But what I wanted to take a look at here is we start looking at some of these uh, patterns 
that they're showing and some of the things they're going to look at the migrant stock like the upper limit so we get over here all right and it says focusing on these two striking and critical trends which are population decline and population aging okay so it says focusing on these two striking and critical trends the present study addresses the question on whether replacement migration is a solution to declining and aging populations replacement migration refers to the international migration and would be needed to offset declines in the size of the population the declines in the population of working age as well as offset the overall aging of a population right so this is to get that mix going they think they need so according to the un population projections japan and virtually all of the countries in europe are expected to decrease in population over the next 50 years for example the population of italy currently 57 million is projected to decline to 41 million by 2050. the russian federation is expected to decrease from 147 million to 121 million between 2000 and 2050. similarly the population of japan currently 127 million is projected to decline to 105 million by 2050. now as soon as I start hearing this and, and seeing this, and again, this is from 2000, right? Mind you, and, and, and you're getting the gist of what this is talking about. Now, the one thing I did want to show you before we get out of this, and, and I want to show you one more chart after this because it just it, it makes you mental. Um, but when they, they go through, and, and anyone that wants the link, let me know. I will, uh, I'll get it, I'll get you the PDF or the link. But basically what it's saying is we're looking at like an average of 40,000, you know, migrants per year is what we would need, okay? And what we're getting is, is something that we don't. It, it, it's totally different. It makes no sense. But. When we go back, oh, that's, that's going to be too hard to see, but let me see if I have this. Do you guys remember, and I'm not sure if we covered all of it on here, but the Deagle report, okay? And one of the things that we talked about with the Deagle report was... That what was that called originally? Conspiracy theory, right? Crazy conspiracy theory. And let's go go back to this, okay? Now, if we look at this, can we zoom in? No. Uh, hold on. Stop sharing. Get back into that. Hold on. This. Why is that there? Okay. Now we should be able to. So what we when we remember the Deagle report, what it was was a projection. Okay, and we can go back up here. On 4-20-2021, Deagle.com, a military intelligence agency, has deleted their mysterious 2025 forecast spreadsheet that predicted a major collapse of Western countries. The forecast used to exist um, at Deagle.com. Now, 
It's the most secretive intelligence agency, so secretive few people know of its existence. Okay. But what they did is uh, they put together this chart of their projections. It's called the Deagle uh, 2025 Depopulation Forecast. Okay. And what it is, is this document. that what it shows and it, it's it's really hard to see here um but what we're looking at is the united states population is supposed to severely and drastically decrease so let me pull up the actual numbers for you right here so this is the actual forecast that deagle put out there and it's just mind-blowing, okay? So we look at these numbers. And let's zoom in, okay? We'll scroll down. And so what this is, so we'll look at the UK. Their population in 2017, 63.39 million. Their population projection for 2025, 14.5 million. Where? did the other 40, 50,000 people go, 50 million, right? United States, they had us at 316 million, uh, 440,000 people in 2017, down to 99,553,000 people. A decrease in 68.5% of the population. So two-thirds of our population, according to this forecast. Now, what's causing all these deaths? Right? Another scary thing they, that this shows about the U.S., their GDP dropping by 85% by 2025. It's it's and it shows the UK dropping population 77%, Germany 65%, uh Israel dropping by 48%, Libya 45%, France 41%, Spain 41%, Australia 34% population decline. Switzerland 33, Denmark 32, Belgium 29. Uh, Austria, 29. Ukraine, 29% of the population gone. Canada, 26% of the population. New Zealand, 24.5% uh, of your population. Adios. Japan, 19% of your population gone. Okay, and it goes on and on and on. And the country that loses the least amount of people, well, least percentage-wise, Ethiopia. Very interesting when you think about their ties to the old world and how the Ethiopians do not follow a lot of the mainstream world uh, ways, traditions. They they operate on a, a totally different calendar 
Um, very interesting. But what would cause this? I mean, this looks like either a worldwide cataclysm or the world war of all world wars, <laughs> right? This is this is Mad Max world wars. I mean, this is, we're talking hundreds, I mean, billions of people gone. And we're in 2024, guys. This is talking 2025. We've all talked about how crazy 2024 is going to be. Well, if Deagle has it, say, buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride through the end of this. Um, but again, these are projections, and I don't think they're, I, you know, I don't know what to think at this point, honestly, when it comes to this stuff. But what I, I, I find interesting is how hard they say that this is this is racist and, and all this. And then we get, you know, you get the media talking heads that just come out and spew their same old bullshit, right? I mean, it's over and over, right? We just played that whole montage of them talking about demographics as destiny, and that's their whole play. Now, I got one more clip for you. We'll listen to, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to news clips, CNN and MSNBC seem to be the best for, for entertainment. And right here we have this woman go off on the uh, the white replacement theory, which it's it's funny so let's listen to okay that. so the past couple of years we've been hearing a lot about white replacement theory you've heard a lot about the great replacement theory recently in other words you're being replaced and there's nothing you can do about it so shut up <laughs> yeah well this may be a surprise to many of you but i actually do think white replacement theory is very legitimate and it's absolutely something to fear after all just look at the disruption that white replacement has already caused many of us have seen the dangers when powerful white people decide they want something they annex it and they've never had a problem replacing the people who stand in their way in fact on this very day in 1830 congress passed the indian removal act which began the forced relocation of thousands of native americans in what eventually became known as the trail of tears so basically white settlers saw all this fertile land and wanted it for themselves but the indigenous were in the way they had to be replaced with white faces so voila more than 100,000 Native Americans were forced, often by the U.S. military, to abandon their homes and relocate to Indian territory. More than 4,000 died on the journey. White replacement is deadly. And it didn't stop there. It continued through the centuries with violent destruction of black cities, like what happened 101 years ago this week in Tulsa, with things like redlining, the redrawing of congressional maps, etc. And when too many people of color started voting, white folks knew what to do. Simply replace them with white voters. Make it harder for us, make it easy for them. Be violent if you have to. And use redistricting to let politicians choose their voters instead of the other way around. White replacement is a danger to everyone. Just look at the many Chinatowns across the country. As NPR points out, they originally formed at the edges of downtowns. They represented more than 150 years of immigrant survival. Nah, -uh, not anymore. The problem? In many cases, white people wanted that sweet downtown real estate. 
The solution? Replace the folks who are already there. A study of Chinatowns in Philadelphia, New York, and Boston showed that the number of white residents in Chinatowns was growing at a faster rate than the overall population in those cities. So the systems the working class people in those communities rely on for survival are disrupted, and they have to bounce. White replacement is costly. From the Latino community getting priced out of San Francisco's Mission District to New York's Lower East Side pushing out Puerto Ricans who can't survive the housing market, this modern-day colonialism continues to disrupt and displace so that well-off white people can live without the inconvenience of the very folks who gave the community its life. White replacement is gangster. That's especially seen right here in the nation's capital. When the wealthy and white caught wind of how dope D.C. was with cultural history, housing, black excellence, they simply said, it's mine now, and doused Chocolate City with vanilla creamer, all whilst complaining about the thriving, joyful noises of go-go bands. White replacement can strangle culture. So yes, we should all be concerned about white replacement. It is, after all, a very threat to our survival here, and I suppose white replacement requires study by some. Perhaps this should be a tenet of critical race theory. The people who want to replace us literally can't live without us. Meanwhile, we're just out here trying to survive them while they come up with new dumbass reasons to fear us. Infuriating. And there you go. There you go, MSNBC's finest. It's it's just it's never ending, you know? Uh, the nonsense, the bullshit. Um I'll give you one more clip here that I found pretty entertaining. This is uh, Megyn Kelly and Glenn Greenwald kind of responding to uh, the Great Replacement uh, talk of, I think it's from when Vivek mentioned it, but let's listen in. Let's take, take a look here. Yeah. Amongst Ramaswamy's surprising supporters, Megyn Kelly and Glenn Greenwald. Those two appeared on Kelly's show and agreed that Ramaswamy's diagnosis of the Great Replacement Theory as a policy of the Democratic Party is correct. Take a listen. I listed the things that Vivek said, like January 6th was an inside job. And, this, and the one thing he said in there that I will give him is the Great Replacement Theory is a Democrat thing. It's not a Republican thing. He's 100% right about that. But... The Democrats will never admit that. They want to say talkers are racist, and I'm sure Vivek's a racist. Vivek's a Nazi. The Great Replacement Theory is 1,000% a Democratic Party idea. There are Democratic mm -hmm. Party operatives, mainstream ones, who wrote books saying that the key to an enduring permanent Democratic Party majority is ensuring that we have so much immigration that it changes the demographic composition of our country and these newly arrived immigrants will forever be Democrats and there'll be no way for us to lose elections because of these demographic shifts. Not everyone was as impressed as Megyn Kelly and Glenn Greenwald with Ramaswamy's performance. However, CNN's Van Jones claimed he was, quote, literally shaking during Vivek's comments and said it was just one step away from Nazi propaganda. Let's watch that. And the smug, condescending way that he just spews this poison out is very, very dangerous because he won't stop Trump, but he's going to outlive Trump by about 50 years. And you're watching the rise of an American demagogue that is a very, very despicable person. Yeah. And I, I'm, I literally, I, I, was, I was shaking listening to him talk because a lot of people don't know that is one step away from Nazi propaganda coming out of his mouth. 
not one to let a good opportunity pass him by, Ramaswamy countered Jones by posting a clip from 2021 in which Jones appears to be actively pushing the Great Replacement Theory himself. And that's basically the request from the racial justice left, is that we want the white majority to go from being a majority to being a minority and like it. That's a tough request. So there you go. Uh, you've got Van Jones saying that he's shaking because Vivek Ramaswamy pointed out something that Jones himself has said. Uh, I think this is one of those interesting things where we see not just the electoral political battles and sort of the ideological battles play out, but also the rhetorical battle. And you've seen Democrats on the left for a very long time use this phrase as a way to, again, demonize conservatives, demonize Republicans, as we saw with them doing now against uh, Ramaswamy. But it's one of those things where if you just look at what the left is saying, they're often the ones that are pushing this, specifically the Democratic Party has, as Glenn Greenwald pointed out in that clip we showed from Megyn Kelly's show, this is something that Democrats have talked about and sort of even fantasized about for a long time, which is if they have a situation where they can't with the current sort of demographic makeup of the United States reliably win elections, which obviously the election of Donald Trump sort of pointed out the issue that they seem to have with that, they're just going to sort of change everything. They can't do it through redistricting. They can't do it through, you know, voter laws. Instead, they're just going to try to import more people. And I think, you know, as Glenn Greenwald was pointing out, it's something that is not a new idea, uh, but it's one that has been used more as a weapon against conservatives on the right recently. It's a multifaceted plan, but in the short interim, yeah, that's it. It is a plan to decapitate the Republican Party and just make it to a point where they can't win elections just strictly by numbers. But is that going to work? I don't know. I mean, the it's hard to believe that people coming from a socialist country here being supported by socialists would vote for socialism. I don't know. Might be a tough sell. And and they did. They, they saw. They really proverbially shit their pants in 2016 when Trump won because they thought they had that in the bag and things happened. And then, I mean, and I mean, it, the craziest part is that in, you know, in the elections, they're selections they are not elections. So we're, we're pretending like these, these things are, are really on the up and up, but then you get to 2016 and Trump's numbers actually went up. And a lot of the minority demographics, his numbers went up and they were climbing and they're still climbing. And that's part of the reason why they've used the system to attack him any way they can to keep him off the ballot. They are scared shitless of him getting back into power. Because he will thwart this plan, guys. And there is a massive plan underway to slowly destroy and take over this country from within. Because the, the powers that be will not suffer in that reshuffling. Hopefully one or two of them are held accountable and, you know, receive a similar fate as Mary Antoinette. But, hey, we can only hope. But if that day comes where the system is reset, who's it going to benefit? Do you think they're going to reset the system to benefit us? that's that's why i laugh like okay we're gonna reset the system to what unless there's a miracle and all these parasites are wiped out a reset to what 
How does that benefit us? That's what I'm interested in. Because I've heard a lot of bullshit and nothing subs substantive that, that would suggest that it's going to benefit us in the long run. That if the system collapses and we have to rebuild, that we're going to benefit from it. That we're going to partake in the rebuilding of it. The construction of the new. I, I just find it hard to believe. I mean, call me black pill in that sense, but I just, <laughs> it's their game, guys. This is their realm. This is Satan's playground here right now. And, you know, the parasites are in control. We, we can fight back, and I'm not saying lose hope. No, live your lives. Enjoy. Find ways to thrive outside of their system as much as possible. That's that's the key. Become less dependent on them. And then none of this means anything. They need us more than we need them in the long run. Because the last time I checked, you know, <laughs> there, there isn't a whole uh, line of people, you know, militaries waiting to line up and come attack us. But there are a lot of people willing to send people over here to help destabilize the shit out of us willingly. And what are they sending over here? Who knows? They're just coming in. Come on in, guys. M you know, military-age men. No women and children with them. No families. Come on in, boys. Let's go. We're going to send you to the big cities. Go wreak havoc over there. I mean, man, I saw a video in L.A. the other day of Ian Ziering getting jumped by a bunch of guys on little street bikes. Not a fucking single person helped him. I mean, these cities are just fucking bad news right now. They're dangerous, man. So if you do have to be there, please be safe, stay vigilant, keep your head on a swivel, and, you know, let those spidey senses tell you to get out, get out ASAP, because it's not a place you want to be right now. But that's all I got for this. This whole, you know, replacement theory, you know, it's... <laughs> racist my ass it's it's part of the agenda now is it you know intentionally to to cut out the white man no it's it's part of the game of thrones guys you have to understand this take the race aspect out of it right because it doesn't matter it's a social construct they use to divide us throw race out look at what they're doing they're bringing a massive amount of non-citizens into your country for what in a system that's on its last leg to begin with hemorrhaging in debt can't support the infrastructure it has can't support the people that it has has a massive homeless problem has a massive opioid problem has a massive pharmaceutical addiction problem has a medical system problem has an education system problem and the government is a shit show. But we're going to bring in all of these outsiders in here. And somehow they're going to make it better. Because we're going to make their lives better when we can't even improve the lives of our people here right now. We can't support what's on. This is the same, guys. These are the same people that are planning to have you all electric by 2030. On a grid that can't support it. Do you see their logic? 
This is set up to fail. Sometimes you just have to let it fail. But protect yourself and prepare while doing so. Don't leave yourself vulnerable. Don't be caught off guard by this and say, oh, I didn't see it coming. We're warning. We're telling you right now. This is what's happening. And it's not to benefit us. So do what you got to do to protect yours. To enjoy your life. Stay out of this madness as much as possible. Get out of the cities. Get away from Babylon. Get off of the mainstream news. And, and just live. You know? But be cognizant of what's going on. Understand what they're doing. And you can sit back and watch it burn. You know, grab your popcorn. Light a stogie. Burn a J. Whatever it is you want to do. Just sit back, have a glass of wine. Relax. Like the Obamas when they burned down uh, the cathedral. Notre Dame. She sat there with a glass of wine and watched it burn. Like the witch that she he is. Sorry, I misgendered him. Like the witch that he is. Uh, all right, guys. We're getting delirious at this point. Hey, do me a favor. If you do like the show, like, leave a review. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find more content over on Patreon.com. Uh, since I'm kind of banned on YouTube, I got two strikes and I'm done posting shit over there for a long while. Um, yeah, Patreon.com slash Great Deception Podcast. Welcome back. First year, first uh, episode of 2024. Hopefully many more to come. Uh, we got a couple bangers coming up for Monday Night Master Debaters in the next couple uh, weeks here. So we're, we're getting ready to go. We're going to come out all guns blazing. Ladies and gentlemen, stay strong and question everything. They're not just lying. They hate the truth. They're offended by things purely because they are true. Even when they don't possibly threaten anyone. I saw this today. Somebody sent me a piece. There's a group called Media Matters, which is a, you know, it's a censorship organization funded by Soros and a lot of other people who hate Western civilization designed to prohibit people from saying certain things. Well, the things that they're prohibiting people from saying are 100% true, and that's why they're prohibiting it. Somebody sent me a piece today where Media Matters attacked a guy for suggesting that our historical timelines were wrong and there had in fact been advanced civilizations in earlier moments in time and that they had been eliminated somehow through climactic events, through natural disasters, and that we're not aware of them in any detail. We have no idea how the, how the pyramids were built, for example. How can we not know that? We sent a man to the moon and you can't replicate the technology that created the pyramids? You, can't even, you don't even have a good guess as to how they were built? We don't. We don't even know when they were built. That's, those are facts. So a normal curious person would say, well, why don't we know that? And what does it tell us about ourselves and about the past that we don't know? That's what I would think people would ask. They were attacking this guy for asking that question. And I was like, why would Media Matters care about your opinions on the pyramids? Why do they care? Or whether they were big civilizations in Illinois 10,000 years ago, which there were, by the way, that used metal, amazing. But why would anyone care? Well, they care because that's true. That is just true. 
And the current version of history that we've been told is not only incomplete, it's just wrong. It's just flat out wrong. Now, I don't know what the truth is. I don't know what it means, and I would never claim to. But I know that what I learned as a kid is wrong. And so it is much closer to the truth to say, we have no freaking idea how they built the pyramids, and that's kind of amazing. And Media Matters was offended. Now, why were they offended? They were offended purely because it was true. And that is across the board the case.